In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I graduated from seminary 15 years ago last month, which is really hard to believe. There's some days it feels like it was a month ago and others where it feels like it was 50 years ago. The hard truth of being 15 years out of education is that I don't really remember much of what I learned. Between two kids, two jobs, the BP oil spill, a two-year pandemic, and the December 11th tornadoes, I'm lucky to remember my name most days. Still, there are a few things that have stuck in the cobwebs of my mind, and one of them came flowing back to the forefront of my thoughts this week as I prayed through the lessons for Pentecost. It's called the scandal of particularity. The scandal of particularity is the notion of how absurd it is that God would choose to enter humanity as a particular person, in a particular place, at a particular time, among a particular culture. That the second person of the Trinity came to earth as a Jewish male in first century Palestine, born to working class parents from a backwater town, is in many ways a scandalous idea, as it puts so many limits and restrictions on the God of the universe to be nearly impossible to believe. Yet we do believe it. We believe it in part because Jesus claimed it. When he was pressed by Philip to just show us the Father as if it's that easy, Jesus says with all the confidence of God in flesh that if you have seen him, the shaggy, bearded, rough-handed, occasionally grumpy, wandering rabbi, then you have seen the Father. Now that's all well and good if you're Philip and the rest of the disciples, but the further you get in both space and time from Jesus and the Twelve, the harder it becomes to wrap your mind around this very particular person being God incarnate. I think that's why 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus is approached by his disciples and pressed even further. Lord, now that you have been raised from the dead, now that you have made your resurrection body known to many who already believed in you, now that you have escaped space and time only to return to it again, is now the time when you will finally restore the kingdom to Israel and set all things right. The disciples want to know definitively when all of this particularity is finally going to go universal? When are the heavens going to open up and God is going to come down and fix it all? What happens next, however, is more of the same. The heavens do open up, but instead of God coming down, Jesus is raised up to the right hand of God. And like it was on Good Friday, the disciples are once again left alone to figure out how it is that everything they learned from Jesus might actually change the world. Jesus had told them to wait. That someone else was going to come after him who would empower them to take the good news and share it beyond the particular community they were in, but to all of Judea, Samaria, 
and ultimately to the ends of the earth. For 10 days they waited and they prayed and they wondered, what next? Now in the meantime, the city of Jerusalem had begun to swell with tourists. Tens, if not hundreds of thousands of faithful Jews were coming to the city to celebrate the Pentecost festival, an annual remembrance of the giving of the law to Moses and an offering of first fruits to God at the temple. So this very particular city, very ethnically Jewish, teemed with people from all over the known world and all kinds of cultures. For nearly 800 years, the Jewish diaspora had sent people to the ends of the earth, where they intermarried and learned different languages and engaged in different cultures, but they continued to carry their roots. They remembered who they were as Hebrews, so they came back to the temple to offer prayers. And so it was on that Pentecost day, the 50th day after the Passover, when faithful Jewish Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judeans, Cappadocians, Pontans, Asians, Phrygians, Pamphylians, Egyptians, Libyans, Romans, Cretans, and Arabs were all in the holy city of Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit of God descended upon the apostles and caused the good news of God in Christ to move beyond its original particular audience and to be heard by the whole world. The Spirit arrived with wind and flame, filling the house in which the disciples were holed up and alighting on each of them, filling them to overflowing with the Spirit, the advocate and the guide, and they began to speak, each in a foreign language that they did not know, and to tell the good news. What I find so amazing about this story is that even as the church grew from 120 members to thousands in just a couple of hours, God's affinity for the particular particularity of human beings never went away. The miracle of Pentecost wasn't that everybody instantaneously understood Hebrew and could hear the good news of Jesus in Hebrew. No, it's that they all spoke a particular language the language of each person gathered around that house. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the apostles spoke across lines that have divided humanity forever. Language, culture, ethnicity, race, gender, politics. The Spirit never asked anyone to give up who they were at their core. In order to follow Jesus. Now that's not to say that following Jesus won't change us. God loves you just the way you are. God loves you too much to leave you that way. Following Jesus will require sacrifices as we listen to the Spirit's guiding, seeking to love our neighbors and grow in compassion. But following Jesus will not call us to give up who we are as human beings made in the image of God.
So whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Arab, or Asian, straight or gay, trans or cisgender, UK, U of L, or a Bama fan, as is meet and right, the particularities of the fullness of who you are being made in the image of God are welcomed into the body of Christ on Pentecost Day. What's more, God doesn't just welcome us in passively, but goes so, so far as to reach out in the particular language and idioms and cultures in which each of us are most comfortable. The body of Christ is truly open to all flesh. So as we celebrate the day of Pentecost and enter into the long season to follow, I hope that you will listen for the Spirit of God. Amid the particularities of your own life, where is God calling you to change and grow? Whom is the Spirit inviting you to get to know and to love? What new thing is God up to in your life and in the life of this particular community of faith called Christ Episcopal Church? Listen carefully. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Amen.